everybody. Welcome to the Vanquish of Business Demons podcast. I'm Julia Stock, and once more joined by the fabulous Vicky Henderson. Hello. Hello. How are we doing week three post-COVID? Oh, I'm back on it again now. All is good. Excellent. Um, so speaking of a quality response, we thought we'd talk about quality today, didn't we? We did, absolutely. Um, lots of people who are small business owners sole traders kind of think this stuff doesn't apply to them don't they they do um and they'd be wrong in many (laughs) cases because um quality should underpin in my opinion everything that we do as small business owners from being a sole trader all the way up to you know having three or four members of staff and beyond and even multinational conglomerates need to focus on quality um there's some interesting stuff out there about quality. So quality is about having fundamentally this right first time attitude, isn't it? Yes. And research shows that if you have that right first time attitude and your staff and your suppliers have a right first time attitude, uh, it makes your life easier, you're more profitable and you have lower costs. Uh, any reason not to have a right first time attitude? None that I can think of. (laughs) Not even from a mindset perspective. Oh. Wow. (laughs) For me, quality is about being able to answer the most evil question in business, which is, how do you know? Brilliant, brilliant question. It is horrid. My my coaching clients as well. (laughs) Yeah. I presume in t- coaching, it's to counteract people making assertions of doom and gloom. It's just anything, really. So, you know, I want to achieve this. How are you going to know if you've achieved it? How yeah. do you know where you are now? Yeah. But when you have staff or when you're outsourcing to somebody, yeah. um, when you're staff, particularly working from home, there's lots of businesses mm-hmm. that have struggled during COVID with how do you know what Marilyn and Max are up to at 11.30 on a Thursday morning? Exactly. What are they doing? Um, It links into a lot of managers and and business owners' feelings of lack of control as well, doesn't it? It does, and on the flip side of that, it's the... There's the trust issues, there's the trust element, not necessarily issues, there's trust element as well. It's the how do you know? And in some cases, it's because we've trained them, we've got them on side, and now I'm going to have to trust them. Or you have to find ways of monitoring their work that isn't a bureaucratic nightmare, mm-hmm. um, isn't massively intrusive. Um, trust is not knowing. Yes. Now, trust is part of it, but in my 25 years in business, I have met so many times when trust was not returned. So you can't go, I've trained them, I like them, therefore, absolutely, they're doing amazing work. No, you've got to be able to monitor it. Um, You've got to trust them to be doing it 
on a day-to-day basis, but you need to be able to monitor it as well. Yeah, I don't trust. (laughs) (laughs) It comes down to what you're counting. So if it's how do I know that things are going as they should be going, I need to have monitoring systems in place so that I can know. That's not the same as doing it myself. Absolutely, you are training your staff to do it, but you are also performance managing your staff to do it. So, I mean, going back to our training business, um, we had an extensive system of quality assurance in place. So if you look at the teaching side of things, we would make sure that every session that we taught and we taught, you know, two and a half thousand learners a month at one point. Um, so that's over a hundred training sessions a month. Every training session would have a lesson plan. We expected every session to be individually lesson planned. Yes, you could recycle, but every session would be unique. We expected every session to identify the individual learner's needs. What you were trying to do, it should be individualized to how you're going to go about it. We had quality standards that set out four lesson plans, what excellence looked like. Also set out what was acceptable and what was not acceptable. So once twice a year the person supervising that tutor would be specifically checking the session plan against those quality standards and giving feedback now we expected them to check every session plan to make sure that it met the learner's needs so you had that baseline quality assurance of is this a good session plan because and you are an ex-teacher i am an ex-teacher If the lesson plan is rubbish, what percentage of times has that turned into an amazing experience for learners? Zero. Exactly. So it's part of your quality principles. Absolutely. If you want amazing teaching, then we need to have a great lesson plan. Does it have to be set out in particular ways? No. The content has to rock. Um. I did once have a quality assurance person, and it still makes me smile now, who was obsessed with making sure that the learners moved around every half an hour or so. And she would make people that she was supervising write movement at the times when they're expecting the learners to move around. And she would expect them to write it in red, bold. So it's like, movement! (laughs) Just, this is not quality. Because I shouldn't need you to write movement in the lesson plan for me to be able to see, oh, yes, we're moving people around. So when you're looking at quality, it does lead you to have these conversations, doesn't it, about what quality means? Yeah. I mean, when I was doing uh, the quality management role in my last uh, job, um, we were a timber importer. Mm -hmm. So we were doing... Uh, there was the importation side, there was the sales side, there were three different sales teams, then there was the transport side of it, um, there were our subcontractors, and 
though it was whilst it wasn't a lesson plan per se for each process that people were taking things through we had a very clear uh, document that people got trained on when they first came in and then they kept those documents they had a file of them on their desk and um yeah you was it it used to bring joy to my heart when i walked around to see somebody going through the procedure uh, and eventually you would learn what the procedures were but then we'd get our supervisors still to go in and say right can you take me through this procedure and show me how you're doing it i'm going to observe what you're doing um and yeah much like in a teaching setting it, it gave you that structure um to, to sort of measure against yes. how do you know that you're doing it right you have to if you if you want to measure how well someone's following something you have to document it you have yeah. to be able to describe what it is that you're looking for them to achieve um yeah going back to the teaching we would then you know go and observe teaching sessions once twice a year and yeah. go can you give me your lesson plan please because i'm going to compare what you're teaching against the lesson plan yeah um and yeah you know you would know the quality of the session based on how bored you got how quickly and based on how outrageous your doodles were um <laughs> Seriously, if I'm giving up my Saturday morning to come out and observe you when I'm the managing director of this company, make it good. Entertain yes. me. Come on. Because if I'm bored, your learners are bored and they're not going to do anything because for us, teaching was the beginning of the process. You yeah. should be leaving those sessions, knowing what you have to do, fired up to do it. Yeah. If I'm sat here doodling, it ain't happening. Yeah. Um, so for me, quality starts from the beginning of the process. So it's identifying where your points are within that. Um, lots of training providers, even now, still stick the quality assurance at the back end of the process. So they will just look at the work that the learners have produced and how it's been assessed and use that to go, well, clearly everything was fine. But by that point, if I've stuffed it up, then I stuffed it up a long time ago. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, a, you know, while I'm talking about training, that's still the same thing for everything. If we get mm. to the end of a project and it's hideous, we've lost multiple opportunities to be supervising, monitoring and checking that, um, Sorry, my phone charger is making ridiculous noises. It is. <laughs> it's gone very musical. Um, if we get to the end of the process and we don't like what's happened, we have had multiple quality failures. Yeah. Um, so while you have principles around, you know, zero defects that have clearly come from a manufacturing basis, even within the delivery of a service, we can still aim for zero defects. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I used to work before I was in construction in the luxury hotel industry. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, one manager was duty manager each, uh, each at any given point. And their sole role was to walk around the hotel and look for quality or lack of 
-hmm. So we were constantly observing the staff. We were looking at, you know, was the dusting done right? Were there light bulbs missing? Because, you know, in a luxury hotel setting, you have to get everything right. Um, and, you know, we had pictures stuck up everywhere in the kitchens, right? If you're laying off a tray for this, this is what it should look like before it even leaves the kitchen, before you even interact with somebody, you know? Uh -huh. And yeah, yes, we as a team in the last hotel had a lot of structure around this is the quality expectation but it did mean that we managed to get ourselves from a three star to a four star ranking and you know we were heading towards a five star so you put these things in place and you from day one of training this is the expectation and then nobody's in any doubt about how it's going to be done when it's going to be done where it's going to be done and what it's going to look like yeah, you have expectations and you are then performance managing to those expectations. Um, yes. And you're weeding out those staff who aren't committed to those expectations. So it starts with recruitment. Yes. These are our expectations. You happy with that? You know, let's take you around the building. Look at all these posters. This is how we expect you to be operating. Um, yes, that links back into things like psychometrics. In terms of it's very easy for people to lie at interview to themselves oh, yes. and to you. Um, and we can check for whether or not somebody is rebelliously autonomous. Love that one. Um, but that's basically where they are going to reinvent the wheel just because they can. Yeah. They're going to be, you know, they are the kind of person who is determined not to do as they're told. Um, and if you are really aiming for quality, you know, qu that quality comes with a certain amount of people doing as they're blankety blank told. Um, you require obedience <laughs> if you're really going to be a quality organization. Um, Yes, there is still room for people to use their initiative, but they only get to use their initiative in the bit that isn't being ferociously quality managed. Yeah. And or that can be really tough for people. Having a brainstorm about how to improve the quality of something. But if there is a way to lay out a tray, there you is a way, the way. There is a way to lay out the tray. If there is you know, a form to be completed, that you spent a lot of time and effort in designing the form, you know why the stuff is there. Um, and in a lot of cases, stuff is there because it's required to be there. Yes. Then staff need to fill in every box of the blankety blank form. And we need to be checking that every box of the form has been filled in. And there are no ifs and buts and maybes on the form. I don't care how stupid you think the form is. We're filling it in. I can explain to you 37 times where that particular box came from and why it's important because that is part of you learning and training but in the end no i don't need you deciding that you know better than me what is required to deliver a quality service yep i sound like a right cow right now don't i oh god i used to sound like a right cow as well <laughs> i and used to have to i used to have to run all the fsc and pefc which is all about chain of custody and percentages and if you drop below a certain percentage you don't qualify for it anymore 
and mm-hmm. trying to convince the other people when they're looking at suppliers about this and that. And I'm like, no, you can't do that. Otherwise, you're going to lose all of this. Or well, you can't do that. You can't bring this in here because that's not qualified for that thing. And they were like, ah. I just want to flog timber. Exactly. Yes. Which also then comes into the whole pick your quality standard wisely. Yes. Um, we were talking earlier about a lot of the ISO standards kind of pushing you into a very bureaucratic one size fits all way of thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of that comes from the ISO inspector and the company you choose to work with, doesn't it? It does. And some are obviously far, far, far more meticulous than others. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you were saying earlier, it's about are you building from the ground up with ISO as your starting point? Or are you retrofitting ISO against something that you've already got in place? And already Um, works for you. Um, I think the standards have become more flexible over time. But I think as with all inspection regimes, there are inspectors who like to apply their own interpretation. Um, So, yeah, you kind of have to question what you're doing it for. I know two or three people who are going for B Corp at the moment. Um, and yeah, it's that thing of why are you doing this? What value is it adding? Adding, yeah. Because yes, it can seem like, wow, you know, all of my clients might expect this, so I'm going to do it. Really, are you sure? Hmm. Um, I'm not bothered. Yeah, I think if it comes down to a million pound deal, oh hell yeah, we're going for B Corp. <laughs> exactly, but uh, just going for it because you've really got to know why and what benefits it's bringing to you, to your clients, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Behind all of these schemes are some kernels of really good ideas that add value to the business, but you can of course take that kernel of a good idea and apply it and apply it well you don't have to shell out all the money for the accreditation unless yeah yeah, you think it's going to bring a real business benefit to have that accreditation um because most small businesses don't care no (laughs) large um... businesses do care but it's whether or not they care enough to make it a requirement of doing business with you Absolutely. And I I was told right at the beginning, for example, oh, no big companies will work with you if you're not VAT registered or if you're not a limited company. Well, I've worked with some pretty big companies so far and I'm neither VAT registered nor a limited company and it hasn't been a problem. So I'm glad I didn't rush into it based on the, oh, this is what you need to do sort of thing. But I think with quality, you know, the you should be setting yourself when you start your own business you should have stat what what quality of service do i want to be offering and if it's anything less than excellence i'm not sure why you're going into business and if you're working from excellence at the beginning for yourself you have defined that then you overspill that into your first employee and beyond there is going to be a basis of quality in everything that you do so then when it comes to making the bigger decisions about do we retrofit X, Y, or Z, theoretically, 
a lot of the groundwork is there. Yes. Um, what I would say is it's very difficult when you are starting out mm -hmm. as a one man band, lady band, mm -hmm. lady band sounds really dodgy. Um, she's getting thoroughly distracted. Um, so many of my clients and I know your clients feel massively pushed around by the world. You know, these are people who, um, undercharge because of perceptions of worth that they have from other people. These are people who work with clients who make them miserable. For yeah, money. Absolutely. Because they don't have the confidence to put that stake in the ground. Um, they don't have goals even over the next couple of years because they just can't dream and scheme like that. For them, having this explicit definition of quality, it's not really their biggest priority right now, is it? No, it's not. But I, I, I don't know. I kind of when I went into business, I still had the right. I'm going to reply to emails within this amount of time, and I'm going to, you know, do this, and I'm going to do that. But then maybe that was my background more than, you know, what other people would necessarily do at the beginning. Yes, um, and how quickly you respond to an email is not the most exciting definition of quality is it no it's not um but it does kind of you don't want to have people where you're sitting there thinking i emailed them three weeks ago and i still haven't heard back what's going on either i'm not disagreeing with you yeah no, i'm ferocious about dealing with my emails um but yeah it's just that thing of actually fundamentally making sure that what you're doing is right first time so it's not just enough to read the email you've got to actually action it and get it yeah yeah and if all i'm doing is sending you an email back going hi i'll get around to doing it whenevs um that's not really a quality response either no <laughs> um and if i get swamped and feel overwhelmed and everything goes to pot and i don't do anything about it that's not quality no exactly and then you're not getting it right first time with your clients which is then when you risk your fledgling uh, reputation yes um and yeah increasingly on zoom it is about thinking about your background um and yours is terribly lovely it puts me <laughs> to shame um very staged um and, and i love the fact that we're only recording this so nobody can see what your background actually looks like <laughs> Yes, um, but it's also, you know, things like we could pay for professional um, recording and things like that on our nice little podcast, but it's also within quality, you can have that perception of it's good enough. Yes, and one of the biggest things I come up against with my clients is perfectionism, mm -hmm. which is I won't do anything until it's perfect and consequently nothing gets done um you know i know somebody who's been talking about releasing this webinar that they've got more than enough stuff for for about four months now and i just said to her last week i just said just set the date and start marketing it 
because it's got to be further down the road than tomorrow because you've got to get people on it and you can create the content in the background and it gives you a deadline to do it yeah and also if nobody buys a ticket then yes yeah you know you only have to have an outline in order to start selling it yeah um i was having the same conversation with somebody with one of my clients yesterday on the just pick some dates do an outline get it out there get people signed up then you can build it yes so i'm going to take you a week to build it so that's your deadline go on go do it exactly oh we're so caring aren't we we are (laughs) (laughs) but it's that thing of understanding the critical path going into a kind of it term on the you can start selling something before it's done it just has to be good enough then you can hone it afterwards um your definition of excellence just has to be higher than your client's definition of excellence excellence isn't an absolute um it can but have shades isn't perfection either no absolutely and also one perfection is probably not achievable more than once in a blue moon um and particularly within a service business perfection is in the eye of the beholder yes so we can say wow we just did a perfect podcast but everybody else is allowed to disagree with us absolutely and that's part of quality so yeah opinions count in all of this stuff particularly in a service business um in manufacturing it's much easier to say that widget is that size made of that metal it's got no rough edges therefore it is perfect that widget doesn't within a service it's about people's opinion which means that your quality system has to cope with that and it also comes back to role modeling credibility you know when you say that tray is not set out correctly they have to respect that there are consequences to that yeah that tray's not set out correctly but it's all right just set it out i know you you know you tried no (laughs) no no please set the tray up correctly and then you may leave the kitchen. And I'm going to stand in front of the door until you do and supervise to make sure that you have. And if that makes me a cow, I don't care. Because you are going to learn to do it properly if you want to work in my business. Because doing it properly makes everything run smoother. It does. And it, it's the wow factor. It's when you walk out and you present it to the clients and you do everything and then they go wow yes and And that's why standards are set because we've you know the management in the hotel industry i've got years of experience at what makes clients go wow and i always used to say to my trainees it's not just about meeting your clients expectations it's about exceeding them it's about delighting them it's about doing those tiny extra touches that you think are irrelevant and they're just going to go oh my goodness, look what they did there. Within a service business, it's about having a damn I'm good moment. You know, yeah. people aren't, particularly when you're a small business, you know, people don't tend to go, wow. 
Um, the wow is over a longer period of time. The wow might yeah. come through in a testimonial or come through in a recommendation to somebody. This person's good. But you can watch and see how your clients grow and develop over time, mm. how your services are adding value, how you got them from A to B, and you get to sit back and go, yeah, I'm good. Yeah. And, that and I think the really is, key point for service industries is asking for that feedback from your clients because if you don't ask for the feedback, you're never going to know where you could have improved. That seems or to be what a, they think about it. Seems to be a good place to end, really. It so, does, it? quality is a way of seeing the world. In summary, isn't it? It is. Yes. Marvelous. You've been fabulous as ever. I will see you next week. Thank you very much.